This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back to Now with Dave Brown on AMI. I'm Alex Smythe for Dave. November is Financial Literacy Month, and Saskatchewan is marking the occasion with the introduction of a new course. The province will require grade 10 students to take a class on financial literacy starting next fall. There have been, this has been met with mixed feelings from parents, teachers, and students. Here with the details is reporter John Lepke. John is based in Saskatchewan. Hey, John, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you this morning? I'm not too bad. So, John, can you share what are the details from this announcement? Absolutely. So the government has shifted. This is part of a sort of a reform of your requirements to graduate. Uh, the government has shifted um, some of the English and, and I guess in university we call it social science requirements to allow students to take more electives while bringing in this requirement for uh, for financial literacy, which I think we often hear about, well, why didn't I listen? Why didn't I hear about taxes? Why didn't I hear about you know, building uh, you know, entrepreneurship and building a business or, or how to manage my bank account or again, how to do taxes? And, and this is a real effort to try to change that. Yeah, and so why was the move taken? Not only, you, you listed why it, it's valuable, why was it taken now? Um, I get the sense from the government that this move was made to because of the, uh, should we say, in the spirit of the evolution of the curriculum. Um, certainly when, when I was in high school, uh, I'm dating myself here, but uh, 13 years ago, you know, the closest you could get to a financial literacy course was uh, an accounting elective. Um, so this is just a further development in in curriculum, uh, a curriculum that in Saskatchewan you can very easily find online on a nice digital website um, to allow people into a little bit more of the modern era when it comes to understanding their own financial choices um, in this digital world. And so I, I did kind of tease off the top there that there's a bit of a mixed reaction, but what has the reaction been from uh, folks on this decision? Yeah, I say this with love and as somebody who did three years of an education degree, but if you get two teachers in a room, there will be three opinions, um, <laughs> which is often a good thing. Um, so the STF has said in, in reporting by the CBC that, you know, some teachers are for it, some teachers are against it, some parents are for it, some parents are against it, some students are for it, and some are against it. I think it's one of those things where truly time will tell, will this financial literacy course meet the goals and the needs of students? And at any time you've got a new curriculum and a new course, it's going to be um, a bit challenging from an implementation perspective. Um, and also how these classes will differ from, say, the education you get in, I'll pick a random Saskatchewan sound, you know, Assiniboia versus Sedley versus Regina versus Prince Albert. Um, it'd be interesting to see how these classes manage what, um, say, a northern community in, say, LaRange is looking at in terms of financial um, literacy and requirements as opposed to maybe, uh, you know, Saskatoon or Regina. 
Yeah, so in, in my mind, having uh, reflecting on my own experience in high school, I would have very much appreciated having some sort of financial literacy uh, course or, or program that was available because it's something so valuable, the fact that, you know, there are so many, like, for instance, the fact that Canada has one of the highest amounts of personal debt in the world, I, I think there there was a lot of value in having a uh, education involving financial literacy so people know that they're not, you know, there there are impacts to, to kind of using credit cards and, and maxing out credit mm -hmm. cards and things like that. But what about you? Where... What are your thoughts on this move? Are you do you believe it's it's going to benefit people in the long run? Yeah, so I, I saw a joke. Uh, I'm about to sound 80 years old, but you know, I, I had I saw a joke on the internet that says, "Wow, I'm really glad I learned line dancing in gym class instead of how to do my taxes." Um, <laughs> I think that's that's where I'm at with it. Is that anything we can add to the financial literacy? I mean, I, I believe neither of us drive, Alex, but mm -hmm. but the number of people I went to school with who immediately ran out and got a vehicle the first time they had a sizable paycheck, um, you know, these are, or, you know, trying to budget to get your first apartment, right? There are so many things that can go into financial literacy that I don't think students, not only in this province, but I think I'd argue outside of maybe some of the private education areas um, uh, you don't get in this country. I, I think that this course will have an impact, but I think it needs to have the time to develop and to sort of regionalize and contextualize to reach its its full impact. Yeah, like I I think back to some of the uh you you the joke is phenomenal. Yeah, it's line dancing. I remember doing line dancing in in, in school and thinking like why why am I ever going to use it? But I also look at things like with with Matt. Why do I need to know parabolas and, and like the area and, and and measuring the the inside of them? Like unless you're going into a very specific or specialized field. It, it seems like uh, a majority of students are not going to be uh, kind of, uh, it's not going to be beneficial. Whereas something like this, everyone is going to encounter finance in, uh, in their life. Mm -hmm. So uh, incorporating that at the expense of a bit of math or, or social science or, or English, I think is a, a very wise decision to try to get to that point to make sure that everyone at least has a baseline, whether you decide to learn more or you uh, decide to ignore that uh, information, you still have a baseline knowledge that you're making sure every single student that graduates has in their arsenal. Absolutely. So there was another story you, that uh, uh, came across your desk in Saskatchewan you wanted to, to discuss, and that is the fact that the province is expanding its childcare spaces. They've set aside new funding to create more spaces across the province. So why did this story jump out to you, John? Mm -hmm. the, so this story, as with, um, in Saskatchewan, it's really interesting, uh, and I think it's interesting in every province, but particularly in Saskatchewan, when, because our government is currently at odds with the federal government on a number of fronts, um, these childcare spaces are part of, of a national agreement to bring more spaces in by by 2025, 2026. Um, and so these 2,300-odd spaces, a little bit more than 2,300, um, across 41 communities and 51 different centres um, are looking to make a dent. Now, there was some reporting from Alex Kwan at CBC last month where he was speaking to some of the people, the childcare providers, who were sort of saying this, this is a drop 
in the bucket. Um, and it, it isn't necessarily looking at attrition. This was before the announcement was made. Um, so we're really looking at a province that is struggling for childcare spaces. That's not unique in Canada. Um, and, and these millions are looking to fix that. And so is there uh, any more details in terms of like the current level of need for these accessible or not accessible, sorry, but affordable uh, child care spaces? These ones that are, as you said, like the federal government had really put that uh, uh, forward and now the province is trying to uh, really step up the amount of spaces that they have within their province. Absolutely. So I mentioned that earlier reporting and, and one of the sources who spoke for that story said that their waiting list in Regina is 1900 people wow. um, when they have very few spaces. Um, if you look at the list of these uh, these facilities, the most that is happening, and this is a combination of expansion, additional sites and new organizations, the highest number is 90 new spaces in one singular place and the lowest is six. So this is really, you know, spanning out across the province. Um, but this is really a struggle, not only for urban uh, urban environment cities that we often hear about, but it's also a significant concern for uh, the rural population in Saskatchewan. Yeah, absolutely. John, thank you so much for bringing these two stories uh, forward and have yourself a wonderful day. Thanks for having me. That was John Lepke, who is a freelance journalist based in Saskatchewan. Are you interested in being part of a live studio audience? Well, AMI has an opportunity for you. Kelly and Ramya are taping the special episode of, of their show on Monday, November 27th. They are looking for 50 individuals to be a part of the audience. If you live in Toronto or the surrounding area and you'd like to participate, you've got to send an email to info at ami.ca. Info at ami.ca. Space is limited. And all those who are in attendance will receive a Kelly and Ramya gift bag. And on top of that, their names will be entered into a draw to win one of two Apple gift cards valued at $500 each. Along with that, there will also be five $50 Tim Hortons gift cards. So for a chance to win some of those great prizes, you must be a part of the live studio audience on November 27th. The taping will air on a future date on AMI-tv. So to confirm your participation on the live taping, send that email to info at ami.ca. Hope to see you all there. So coming up after the break, it's time for a roundtable chat with Elizabeth. You're watching Now with Dave Brown on AMI. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.